This is a story that's found in the Gospel of Matthew. Then Jesus spoke to them again in parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like this. There was a ruler who prepared a feast for the wedding of his family's heir. But when the ruler set out workers to summon the invited guests, they wouldn't come. The ruler sent out other workers telling them to say to the guest, I have prepared this feast for you. My oxen and fatted calf have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding. But they took no notice. One went off to his farm, another to her business, and the rest seized the workers and attacked them brutally and killed them. The ruler was furious, and he dispatched troops who destroyed those murderers and burnt their town. Then the ruler said to the workers, The wedding feast is ready, but the guests I invited do not deserve the honor. Go out to the crossroads of the town and invite anyone you can find. And the workers went out to the streets and collected everyone they met, the good and the bad alike, until the hall was filled with guests. The ruler, however, came in to see the company at the table and noticed that one guest was not dressed for a wedding. My friend, said the ruler, why are you here without a wedding garment? But the guest was silent. Then the ruler said to the attendants, Bind this guest, hand and foot, and throw out that individual into the darkness, where there will be weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Many are called, but few are chosen. Hear what the Spirit is saying. Praise you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I dress for the party. <laughs> Yesterday, I really did give a party. I gave a baby shower for the 39-year-old niece you may have heard me talking about. Many were invited to this once-in-a-lifetime event. The excuses were many and frequent. I don't fly. I need to be somewhere else. But what surprised me most was the fact that while I mailed the invitation, I gave my email and my phone number so that the invited could respond, and so many didn't. Some told others that if they would come or if they wouldn't come, but they didn't tell me. I didn't kill the fatted calf. <laughs> But I had ordered food and dessert. The day before the party, I was told that some could not make it after all. So much food to deal with. And some of the invited brought so many sweets. Well, you're going to get to enjoy some of those <laughs> after this. 
It seems people never change. I will invite others to my home this evening to enjoy the food I have left. The king in our story also had an excess of food problem, and he sent out new messengers to all the wrong parts of town to tell everyone and anyone, come to the party. And they came in droves. Now, we don't have to look too far in Matthew's gospel to see just who they were. They were the tax collectors, and they were the prostitutes. They were the riffraff. They were the nobodies, the blind and the lame. All the people who thought that they had been forgotten. They were thrilled that God's message was for them. And when they are ready to party, the king notices that someone is not dressed for the party and throws them out. For a while, I felt really sorry for the guy who was thrown out of the party. Of course he wasn't dressed properly. He was pulled in off the street at the last minute. But this is a parable, and it requires us to think deeper, hopefully thinking beyond ourselves to what God is trying to say to us. This is a story that Matthew told his people about their salvation history. At the end of the first century, the temple had been destroyed, and Matthew's community finds itself in conflict with the synagogue down the street. The synagogue had been their worshiping home for all of their lives, and now they were being asked to leave. This story is a tool for thinking about everything that they had been through and the meaning of the conflict. Matthew and his community understood themselves as the faithful Jews who had responded to God's summon to the kingdom's banquet offered in honor of God's Messiah Jesus. But the others, including that synagogue down the street, had for some unknown reason rejected the great invitation, ignoring and persecuting the new missionaries of God's good news. They had killed John the Baptist and Jesus, who had been sent to remind them that they had been invited to build the kingdom there and now. In Matthew's world, the king's representatives, who would have destroyed the town, would have called to their mind Jerusalem's destruction at the hand of the Romans. The people at that time believed all good and all punishment came from God. They would have interpreted the destruction of the temple and the people living in Jerusalem as God's judgment on those who had rejected the new message God was sending in Jesus. The invitation to commoners, the riffraff, 
and those on the edge of society, including Matthew's community and including ourselves, points to the surprising ways the invitation to God's kingdom's banquet is extended to and embraced by all those who are considered outsiders. Now we get to the person who was thrown out because he was not clothed properly. Matthew was warning his community and us today against feeling self-satisfied, against believing because we have been invited to the party that we are here for life. This king is no pushover. If we, the guests who were invited last, are beneficiaries of an unexpectedly generous invitation, we must nevertheless be on guard against the complacency shown by the first invitees or the disregard shown by the one who was improperly dressed. The doors of the kingdom's community are thrown wide open and the invitation extends literally to all people. But once you come in, there are standards to be maintained. You can't go on acting like you are not at an extraordinary party. So the idea of appropriate clothing is a metaphor for the need for appropriate behavior. All of the other guests at the party were wearing the appropriate clothing, which are the lessons that were taught by Jesus, the Son. If you are to remain at the party, you must wear the clothing given by Jesus. If the kingdom of heaven is a banquet, you are to put on your party clothes and get with the program. There is a difference between this wide open invitation and the message that so many of us would like to hear today. We would like to hear that everyone is all right, exactly as they are, and that God loves us as we are and doesn't want us to change. People often say this when they want to justify some particular types of behavior, but that argument doesn't work. When the blind and the lame came to Jesus, he didn't say, you are all right as you are. He healed them. They wouldn't have been satisfied with anything less. When the prostitutes and the tax collectors came to Jesus, he didn't say, you are all right as you are. His love reached them where they were. And his love refused to let them stay where they were. Because love wants the best for the beloved. Knowing Jesus transformed, healed, and changed their lives. They had put on the garment of Jesus' love. They changed their ways of living. They needed to continue their lives with the role model of Jesus. God does not want everyone to stay exactly as they are. God loves serial killers 
and child molesters. God loves ruthless and arrogant businessmen. God loves manipulative mothers who damage their children's emotions for life. God loves each and every one of them and us. But the point of God's love is that God wants us to change. God hates it when the wrong that people do and the effect that it has on everyone else and on themselves too. Ultimately, if God is good, that sort of behavior cannot be allowed. That sort of person, if they don't change, cannot remain forever in the party that God is throwing with Jesus. So how do we stay at the party? Remember in the Bible the clothes have a symbolic meaning. They're a sign of being dressed in the righteousness of God. That's how this passage speaks to us today. God is calling us now with an all-inclusive love to put on Christ and to bear witness to God's grace and love in the world around us. We need to dust off our garments of compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience and love. We need to walk in the world clothed in the very best way we can live, not just for ourselves, but for our friends and our neighbors, our community and our world. What about you? Have you clothed yourself in unkind habits? Unclear goals? Unnecessary abuse of God's world's gifts? Have you remained miserly in your actions or your abilities? Have you taken advantage of the kindness shown to you by others and thought only of yourself and your needs? When we clothe ourselves in this way, we are saying that we don't want to stay at the party, the party of God's all-embracing love, the party of the kingdom of God. Whatever our excuse for not being ready, for not putting on the garments of Jesus, the kingdom of God must go on. God is at work reconciling the world, and if we're too busy, or for whatever reason, unwilling to be part of this ministry of reconciliation, God will choose others to do this work. As you can see, I have obviously worn the wrong garment. In fact, this jacket hasn't been out of my closet in over 20 years. <laughs> the good thing about this jacket is I can put it away again. I don't need to wear it. If I put it on and I realize I have made a mistake, I can take it off and put it away. This jacket can symbolize everything I can do wrong in my life. Often, I do these wrong things again and again, like I put on this jacket again. But just like I can take this jacket off, forgiving God lets me set aside my acts of unkindness, neglect, unthoughtful words or deeds, 
the wrongs that I have done to myself and to others in my world. I can clothe myself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, and love. The kingdom of God is at hand. The table is spread. The banquet hall must be filled. If you're not willing to put God first, your seat will be given to someone else. We are the honored guests. The word to the, word to the wise is, dress for success. Ha, ha, ha.